Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca and on your preferred podcast player of choice. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Stopping us, ain't no topping us. They be watching us. We so prosperous, ain't no topping us. They be watching us. We so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know. Your ass better call somebody. Indeed, indeed. Tell a friend to tell a friend it's going packed tonight. So if, you, if you've been catching up with me on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter, then you already know that it's about to be a serious thing tonight. Um, later on in the show, I got my man, R&B singer Randy Bell, in studio to talk about his latest single and talk about his career within R&B and music in general. And then alongside that, we also got to hit these following topics. We got to talk about academics going to war with Nicki Minaj. We got to talk about... Takashi 69 trial and all the beans that he's spilling. My God. And on top of that, if the ignorance could get a lot worse, man, we got to talk about our current chief officer, Justin Trudeau, and the brown face controversy. We don't necessarily talk about Canadian politics on here, and like that's partly my fault. But we're getting into it tonight, though, I promise. But before we get to all of that... You guys already know how I do at the beginning of the show, man. I got some stuff to get off of my chest. Stuff that has been aggravating me for the week that was. Therefore, with that said, it is time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So what I want to talk about to kick things off is this, man. 50 cents, all right? Let's talk about 50 a.k.a. Ferrari F50. Check it out. All right. Um, so he was taking shots, surprise, surprise, at Rick Ross. All right. So he was in a radio, I think it was a radio interview of some sort or an article, who knows. But basically he was talking about Rick Ross for whatever reason. And he was saying how Rick Ross's music is not timeless and how it won't last and all this other stuff. Now, if you guys remember way back in 2008, maybe 2009, him and Rick Ross had a feud of sorts. And surprisingly enough, it was Ricky Rose who shot the first shot. Now, despite, you know, 50 calling him, you know, or calling his music not timeless and what have you, Rick Ross did put out an album recently, and it did go to the top of the hip-hop and R&B charts. Um, I'm not sure exactly how many units it sold, but nonetheless, it shows that there's still a particular market within music that he still you know, belongs in or that he's still relevant to. It may not have topped the Billboard uh, 200, but it's still uh, charted high in a particular chart that is still valued in the Billboard system altogether. But nonetheless, 50 still still decides to say that his music is timeless or irrelevant. And I find that a little hypocritical coming from 50, mainly because of the fact that his music hasn't really aged well, depending on what year you're looking at. So if we're talking about post-2005, you know, post-Curtis album, yeah, that music hasn't really aged well. Now, if we're talking Get Richard Die Trying, I'm not even going to argue that. That's a classic in hip-hop history. I will not deny that. The first Gina album, Hunger for More, I will... Or no, that's sorry, that's Lloyd Banks. Uh, Beg for Mercy. Yeah, 
I'm not going to deny that. That's like, I'm not going to call it classic, but I can bump in and be like, yeah, this takes me back to like 10th grade or whatever, right? But if we're talking about post-Curtis, you know, post-losing that battle with Kanye West, and everything else after that, like Terminate on site, or or before I self-destruct, yeah, nah. Sorry, man, I don't know about that. But, you know, my thing is this. Why does 50 have a habit of picking a fight with artists that he's already fought years and years ago? Like, why are you still beefing with Rick Ross, dog? I mean, come on. It's literally been a decade since you guys had your war words. Like, are you salty at the fact that Rick Ross was the one who, who shot the first shot? And you had to defend yourself. Now, mind you, the pimp and curly stuff was kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. The petty and me kind of enjoyed that. It was a little too far, but I kind of enjoyed that. The one you really went too far was when you posted the picture of Ivan Drago on your IG. When the man was literally on his deathbed succumbing to, what was it, a seizure of some sort or uh, some sort of epileptic attack. And then you had the audacity in regards to Rick Ross posting a picture of Ivan Drago. And if we have seen the Rocky series from the 70s, then we know the iconic line that Mr. Drago had in that fight um, against Rocky Balboa following the one that he had against Apollo Creed. And that was this. If he dies, he dies. So context is key. He didn't just post a picture of a random white guy from the 70s for no reason. So that was a little much. I'm just like, man, you're going to hell for this. <laughs> I'm not your judge, jury, executioner, but... It, I'm pretty sure you're going to hell for this, all things considered. Now, 50, I'll say this about 50. I respect him as a businessman and a mogul because even though his music isn't what it used to be anymore, he has still found ways to make himself relevant outside of music, whether it's vitamin water, whether it's his initiatives with Street Kings in Africa and what have you, the headphone sets, hell, even the show Power, like he's still keeping himself relevant. Now, Power has kind of gone down in terms of quality over the years. Like I would find... Season one and season two to be by far the best seasons. Season three, yeah. Season four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Season five, yeah. And then this current season so far, eh. you know, you're just kind of stretching it out. I get it. You want to do like a like a post power series that's most likely going to start Tariq, who is by far the most annoying character in that series because of the fact that he acts like a Brampton kid. The fact that you're surrounded with privilege, but you still want to be out here thugging. Don't get me started on that. That's a story for another day. But I feel like th that's probably his most relevant avenue. And even then, it's starting to fall off a little bit. It still could be better better writing and what have you, like it was in the first two seasons. But all I'm saying is this, man. 50, stop being petty. Let go of your beefs. And I get it. Like, you're a marketing man. You know what gets people talking. But is a, a rehash beef between you and 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 Rick Ross really going to get the, the, the kettle boiling? I mean, the, the occasional spats that you have with, with yourself and Ja Rule, like, is that really going to get anything popping? Like, y'all sound like some two old-ass dudes still fighting over a nickel, man. Like, it, it's done. It's done. We don't care anymore. I get it. If the 50 and Ja Rule beef happened in 2003 with social media being the force that it is today, if, if social media was around, like, in its prime back then, oh, we would be eating it up. Are you the memes? Are you kidding me? The memes would be on fire. But that's not the case. Back then it was just MSN. That's it. Let it go, 50. Just let it go. Let it go. Focus on power. Focus on Street Kings or whatever it is that you have going on. Focus on all that stuff. We don't need you to be extra, extra petty anymore. Like it's 
it's not even that necessary. Like, it it kind of looks a little silly. You being, what, like 40 maybe? I don't know if he's 40. Close to that at the very least. Either way, man, like cut the pettiness. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But anyways, you guys may have a different take on that. You may agree. You may disagree. Either way, hit me up on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC to share your thoughts on that. Coming up after the break, I got my man Randy Bell in studio, and we're going to talk about a bevy of topics. So make sure you stay seated for that. And with summer coming to an end officially at the end of this weekend, with the weather being as in fuego as it will be for the next foreseeable future, I figure let's take it back to the summertime one time real quick. And for those who are listening on the podcast, just imagine that you're listening to it because I'm not going to about to play that for free because then record labels will come after my ass. And I don't need that right now. Um, with that said, let's play some Childish Gambino, man. Let's play Feels Like Summer. Uh, so keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we will be right back after the break. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. As promised, I do have a special guest in studio tonight for tonight's proceedings. This man is no stranger to the music scene. He has partaken in rapping, but is now transitioned into R&B. So we're going to go into that story. And we're also going to talk about a lot of the things that has impacted his career within music, how he views R&B music, as well as what he's been working on currently and what he has planned going forward. And it's always good to see somebody who carries like the the soulful element of R&B into today's music and what have you, because I feel like that element gets very lost in today's digital age, but it's very refreshing to hear that sound. So I'm going to get his opinion on all that good stuff and more. But ladies and gentlemen, he goes by the name of Randy Bell. I got Randy Bell in studio right now. What's what up, up man? What up, what up? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling good. As you feeling should, man. good and great. As you should. <laughs> cool Radio is a safe haven for artists and creators <laughs> alike. So welcome, my friend. Thank you very much, man. Yes, sir. So let's get into it, man. Um, First All and right. foremost, what made you fall in love with music? Huh. What made me fall in love with music? Mm-hmm. I've been doing music all my life. Mm-hmm. I won't lie, I didn't like it in the beginning because as a kid, it was school and they forced us into the choir. Yeah. A lot of competition. So it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. But I left music for a while, to be honest. Around high school, I was actually trying to pursue acting. Mm-hmm. And then somehow, I started, well, that's how I kind of came back into music mm-hmm. and started a, a rap career. Mm-hmm. Wasn't in the traditional sense of saying, you know, I really cherish this. It was kind of one of my boys who came and or pretty much was going for a talent show and he's like, yo, yeah, Randy could come and he can just he could uh be the hype man. Right. And for some reason that day I decided I'm gonna rap because I looked at him like hype man. Yeah. Yo, I can rap. Yeah. I ain't rapped How a dare single you. day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> my pride got the best of me. Right. Um so I kind of started that way. And then after a while of starting to slowly get more serious with it, I started actually falling more in love with it and it was just like something fun and it was just a different way to create mm-hmm. and from it's different it's different from acting in the sense that you don't really need a whole crew and a whole cast and so many people to depend on it just can be you mm-hmm. Mike and you know your producers and all of that stuff but right yeah I did it for a while I found out I had to be real with myself and was like I'm not this that great at it right right. And I decided, and after, you know, a crappy contract, I decided to kind of quit that mm-hmm. and get into R and then said, you know what, I'm going to try the, I'm going to try one more thing. And I said, I'm going to try and do R&B. Right. And after doing that, then I was just <laughs> like, well, I have to, after I got a certain reaction that I was looking for, mm-hmm. 
I decided like I'm gonna stay with this. Right. And like, have you always had like the natural ability to sing, or like, does that, is that something that, that grew with you over time? I've had the ability, but <clears throat> but of course, lessons came into hand to kind of hone the craft. Because mm-hmm. I can't say like I was the best singer out there. Like, nah. Like, right. It took time. Right. Took right. Time. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Um. So like, as like uh, an R and B singer, and I, I, I'm always curious to get this pers- perspective from from R and B singers in the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your perspective of the of the growth of the genre in recent years? It's been R and B. Well, in my eyes, R and B kind of died out a bit for a while, mm-hmm. and it's been coming. And now it's kind of getting that it's coming back, and you've got a lot of the alternative style. And I'm loving it, yeah, because you know it's bringing a different kind of style and bringing a lot of more opportunities and creativity to everybody. Mm-hmm. And right now, it's kind of getting into this point where it's flourishing and coming back all the way to the mainstream, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed over the last like two, three years, especially, yeah. is like. You've had so many talented people from almost everywhere you could think of. So you've had like yeah. LMA from the UK. You've had uh, you've had Anderson Pack. Yeah. Uh, you've had Daniel Caesar. You've yeah. had her, RV Lennox. Like there's uh, such a, yeah. a heavy, heavy, <laughs> heavy talent pool of R&B uh, uh, singers with the yeah. soul element yeah. and their own different variety, especially with Anderson Pack. He has have that raspy yeah, Teddy yeah, Pendergrass yeah. voice and, and what have you that are just bringing that, that soulful sound back. Whereas, let's say, you know, from like 2008 till about like 2015, everything almost sounded like it was like auto-tune or it was very like digital yeah. and what have you. So what, how, 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 how has there been a paradigm shift from then till now? Like what, like what, made somebody say, you know, trying to wake everyone up. Like, what's your perspective on that as far as what you thought what the turning point could have been? Hmm. That's, that is a damn good question. Because <laughs> I'm always curious to know. Because, like, yeah. one day I'm hearing, eh, eh, and then the next minute I'm like, yeah. I'm like, whoa. Okay, when, when do we get back to the soul? You know what I mean? I think it's just, I think it was just boredom. Like, mm-hmm. Auto-tune is great. Everyone at the end of the day, everyone uses auto-tune. Yeah. Of course. Just not at the not at the egregious amount that you Right, know. right. Just for like auto-correction and what have you. Just like to find two things. To, yeah. But yeah. um I think everyone just kinda got bored of it. Like, you know, you had a you have a lot of talented artists mm-hmm. out there that we don't get to see in now and they slowly are starting to creep out and you see these different sounds because they've always mm-hmm. been here. Yeah. But it's just kind of whatever the industry says is popular right now, they're gonna keep flooding the gates until everyone's like starts turning away from it. Right. So that's why I feel like after a while, everyone got tired of that R&B, kind of just focused more on hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So R&B got a fresh start again to kind of have new artists come in. Right. And as soon as you have someone different come in, everyone starts looking over. Everyone starts slowly looking. And then after mm-hmm. the industry starts looking to say, okay, maybe we should start doing different uh, people. Mm-hmm. What I found kind of like disheartening for me as a fan is like mm-hmm. when I started noticing this change, it's one thing when you have like up and coming singers like start off as you know using like yeah. the auto tune to the utmost degree. Yeah. But when you have established singers like like, like let's say like a Trey Songs, yeah. or like a Mary J. Blige or an Usher, like people who yeah. are like genuinely talented singers use it to the utmost degree. It's like guys, really? Like yeah. you guys are supposed to be the trailblazers? <laughs> like what the hell? Like why are you hopping on the bandwagon? Like that for me as a fan, it was disheartening mm-hmm. to see that. Um, but what I'm noticing now is that. Not only that, but I think another thing that I noticed too within that time frame is like a lot of the male R and B singers in particular, they're a little too macho for my liking. Like it was almost mm-hmm. like imagine like Gucci Man as a singer, you know what I mean? Like a lot of them were coming out all tatted up, like they're yeah. all like 
ready to fight and everything. And like I felt like they tried to prove overprove their masculine masculinity yeah. too much. Like I'll fight for you, girl. I'll kill a nigga for you, girl. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it got to that <laughs> point. Like I've been listening to like August August Alcina and like all these yeah. other guys. I'm just like. Guys, like I, I hear that enough from my rappers. I don't need to hear yeah. that from my singers. You know what I mean? Like, like I want the days of like boys to men and, and like Donnell and like yeah. Donnell Jones and all that. You know what I mean? But I feel like you know, like we're, we we've been saying for the last few minutes now. Yeah. I feel like that's slowly coming back. But yeah. not only is it coming back, but I feel like there's a lot more diversity with the types of personalities that you're getting from certain singers. Like Daniel Caesar is a very you know quirky and on. Orthodox mm-hmm. person from appearance, but like his yeah. voice is amazing. Yeah, you have someone like uh, like Ella May who brings a, a, a different sound to her because of the fact that she is from the UK and what mm-hmm. have you. And then again with, with Anderson Pack, that I there's no one in today's generation of R and B, in my personal opinion, that sounds like Anderson Pack. Yeah. He's in a class all on his own. So yeah. like I feel it, it feels very refreshing that we have this class of R and B stars who are even like just making like their own path and even people who aren't necessarily R and B per se like like let's say like a Tyler Tyler the Creator yeah. he heavily collaborates with a lot of R and B artists especially on yeah. his last recent project yeah, especially Igor, with the yeah. Igor album and what have you which I find very refreshing because he's tapping into a creative side that many people didn't really, really know he he really had before yeah you know what I mean so I feel like. You know, just as a fan, I'm kind of rambling on right now. But I That's just feel like, like <laughs> as, a, as a fan of like so far and be like, it, yeah. it, I I feel very elated that this amount of creativity is coming out out of nowhere. Well, I find the thing, I guess, what people might have forgot in that sense of that kind of even gangster era or that over masculine era was that you can have fun with music. Yeah. You don't have to just be like, all right, I'm going to fight for you, girl. Don't worry. No yeah, dude's yeah. going to come to you in the club. It's just going to be me and you. <laughs> like, nah, like, yeah, everyone, everyone just kind of opened their eyes and like, oh, yeah, you know, we can have fun with music. We can yeah. make, like, some dumb songs. It doesn't have to just be either cheating or, you yeah. know, just this and whatever. It's, yeah. you know, make music about life. Yeah. Just have fun with it. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's what it, what it, what it uh, really comes down to at the end of the day, personally. Yeah. Um. For you specifically, um, as a singer, do you feel as though you're more concerned with uh, with uh, being a vocalist or being a songwriter? Huh. I I do both, and I'm passionate about both. I don't. Mm-hmm. I can't say which one I'd prefer more because mm-hmm. I love I love both. Like I love creating music, so I love <coughs> writing it. Mm-hmm. I love trying to do singing, but I I'm gonna say I guess I lean more on the songwriting side. Right. Because I like to try and write for myself. I'm also getting, like, I also have written some songs for other people. But, right. yeah. <clears throat> and because um, what I what I always notice is, like, when it comes to, like, R&B singers or just singers in general, yeah. it's more about their vocals and, and their vocal range or what makes their voice unique from everyone else in general. Yeah. Whereas, let's say, with rap, for example, it's about your lyrics and not just your lyrics, but how can you flip your lyrics? Like, yeah. are you are you good with metaphors or are you good or do you have a particular cadence that makes you stand out? Yeah. Um, are you telling a story, et cetera, et cetera? Um, so, and with you, you know, starting off... As, As a, a rapper, rapper, I, I kind of focus more on, mm-hmm. like, I have that sense of focusing on the lyrics because it was kind of like, I took that from rapper. I was like, I, I write all my stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. But it's also, but it also just comes from a place of loving to create. Like, since I was, since I was a kid also, it yeah. was one of those things I love to tell stories. So mm-hmm. I've kind of brought that into my music as well and all right. the stuff that I do. Right, right, right. Um, so speaking of like creating your own music and what have you, let's talk about the the latest single that you have. So yes. I believe it's called Rainstorm. So yep. how did how did that come about conceptually? It's a good record, by the way. I love <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. A good relationship. A really good relationship. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so a turbulent one as yeah. well. <laughs> um 
but yeah, in, in the simplest form, a really good relationship. Like at the yeah. time I was writing a lot, I found myself writing a lot more darker music and I wanted to kind of get out of that and kind of a, kind of share the good play, the good points of my life mm -hmm. in that sense. So that's where Rainstorm kind of came out. And I hadn't really done the, I hadn't really done the R&B side of, you know, let's be a little bit more sensual. Right. But our songs, you know, give us, give us that. Like, I don't right. need to cry on every song. Like, let's, right, right. You know? <laughs> like, let's have fun with it. Like you <laughs> exactly. were saying before, you know, like some people want to get in their flexy, sexy mode. Why not? Exactly, right. You know, know? Flex that muscle. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we'll definitely give that some play in, in the next couple of minutes, you know. Mm -hmm. And for the people who are listening on the podcast, uh, we will include the song at the end of the podcast. That way you can get your fair share of the listen as well. Ah, uh, But before we get to that point, around here, Cool Radio... We like to have fun around here. Oh, Lord. We like to... <laughs> you know it's coming. You know it's coming. We like to play games around here. We got a couple of yeah. games for you to play, my friends. So, with that said, let's get to the first game. The first game is entitled Cool or Uncool, oh, and it fail. goes a little <laughs> something like this. I'm so uncool. I'm going to fail. <laughs> yeah. So, in this game right here, I am going to give you some... Uh, scenarios if you will and in these scenarios you are going to tell me if they are cool or they're uncool okay. and i'm also going to ask you for <laughs> your opinion as to why they're cool and uncool because i'm just curious you know what i mean <laughs> so as we are you know pontificating on the sounds of diggable planets i ask you my friend are you ready to play this game <laughs> Ready to lose all my fans. <laughs> all right, well then here we go then. Gain some new ones. First on the deck, '90s R&B over 2000s R&B. Cool or uncool? So would you rather pick '90s R&B over 2000s R&B? Would that be cool for you? or Would that be uncool? I'm gonna say it's cool. Cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't doubt you on that. I feel like '90s R&B kind of had more longevity throughout the whole decade where it's the there 2000s. Was more, there was more by, uh, diversity, I would say. I, I agree. I feel like 2000s R&B was good up until eh, 07, maybe? Yeah. 07, because like Chris Brown popped off and what have you, and then from there on, I think him and Neil were like the only two dudes holding it down for R&B. Him, Neil, and Trey. They were yeah, 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 yeah. Trey, Trey was there as well. Trey was there as well. That's fair. Um, let's see here. Music streaming. Cool or uncool? I'll say I'll say it's cool. Okay, okay. Because it gives a lot of it give it's giving the opportunity to a lot of a smaller end artist. We don't have to mm -hmm. just depend on a label. Right. So I'd say that's cool. Yeah. Right, and it, it kind of goes back to the point I was saying earlier, like the internet's new A and R, so yeah. to speak. Um, I also find that it's probably so far at the, at the very yeah. least, it's the best alternative to combat against pirating and stuff like that. Yeah. Because exactly. you pay what ten bucks a month, and you get as many music that you can they they can listen to offline. Yeah. And if you enter your subscription, the music goes with it too, which is a fair trade off. So mm -hmm. I think I think it should be good for all parties considered. Yeah. Um, music videos, cool or uncool. Cool. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Disney movie. Disney movie <laughs> remakes. Cool or uncool? Uncool. Uncool. Yeah. What's the worst of the remakes that you've seen, or the ideas of a remake that you've heard? At the I, haven't, I haven't watched. I kind of stray from watching them because I'm just like I watched it back in the I watched it back in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. Back when they were in their and prime. Yeah. I I kind of think Aladdin might be. Probably the un the most uncool potentially. Okay. okay. But again, I haven't watched it, so I can't right. give my full opinion on it. Right. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just it's boring. Like let's right. do something new. Right. I haven't seen Aladdin. I've I've heard mixed reviews from people who have seen yeah. it. So when when it's available for streaming, I'll, I'll go check it out. Yeah. But I did see Lion King. 
Yeah. I was disappointed with that. I'm I'll, not surprised. I I was disappointed with that. Like it was literally a shot for shot remake yeah. of the of the nineties film. As, and and even though the, the, the scenes that they didn't include yeah. were some of the most important ones, the ones that made the movie iconic. So I'm like, okay, come on. You're doing it beat for beat <laughs> for the entire time, but you left that out. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's, that's that's what I was telling friends. I'm like, I'm not gonna watch it just because it's gonna be just exactly what you saw in the '90s. Right, but now it's gonna be 3D. So right, is it really that much better? Yeah, like they didn't really change anything. Like for the younger yeah. generation who's seen it now, cool. Yeah, it's, cool it's for them. For them, yeah. But for me, like. Because Lion King is my favorite Disney movie of yeah, all time. Like it's the biggest that, Disney movie. Of yeah, all time. like that hurt me, man. I'm like, see, the Jungle Book remake, I enjoyed. I thought that was dope. I heard that was good. Yeah. Yeah. But like this, uh, it's whack. Yeah. Sorry, it was whack. <laughs> Especially with the, the amount of talent that you had on yeah. on 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 the on, on the film. Mm-hmm. But anyways, let's keep it moving though. Um, Netflix, cool or uncool? That's kind of like it. it's in the middle. Like it's kind of becoming uncool, but it was right. cool in the beginning. Right. So when it was cool in the beginning, what was your go-to show? Oh. What was my go-to show? Damn, I don't remember right now. Okay. I'm not, I'm not really watching Netflix as heavy anymore, and I, right. I have a bit of a crap memory. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No worries, no worries. And then we'll do one more, and then we'll, we'll parlay into the next game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raptors winning the NBA championship. Cool or uncool? That was so uncool. No, I'll play. No, man, no, yeah. <laughs> this interview is over. It's over. <laughs> Out. Ah, no, yeah, I everybody knows that was cool. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. The best thing ever to happen. I know, right? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, hopefully, we'll get there again someday. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll tell our children when we're like 65. It's like, I was there the day when the Raptors won the championship. <laughs> oh, man. I'll still tell that story regardless. Of course. Oh, man. But nonetheless, let's get to our second game. This, this is a personal favorite of mine right here, actually. Okay. This might be the one that may get you to lose fans. Ah, <laughs> so, with that like, this said. was pretty easy. It was good. I was having a good time. Of course. Now. That's, now that's, that's a softball game. <laughs> that's a softball game. Now we're throwing fastballs out here, man. We are a dicking out here. <laughs> with that said, it's time to play I'd Quit the Game. Oh, Lord. Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. So... In this game, <laughs> in an alternate universe, hmm. the multiverse, if you will, for all my Marvel fans out there, <laughs> you are the eligible bachelor. So you are wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. But everyone knows that there comes a point in time in everyone's life where you've got to quit the game. Yes, settle <laughs> down, get with the wife and kids. Move into the white home with the white picket fence, <laughs> with the with the with the with the tire swing. Sounds like you're gonna say the white woman. <laughs> <laughs> with the white woman just there. No, no, no. I, 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 I have to say all that. I, I'm not trying to get you canceled. There's a difference between losing fans and getting canceled. I ain't trying to do all that. There's a lot of white in that hole. I, I, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm painting a leave it to Beaver picture over here. Okay. But nonetheless, you have the apple pie yeah. cooler on the windowsill and the Spud McKenzie-looking dog, all that good stuff. Yeah. With that said, if you had to quit the game for one of these two women that I have handpicked for you, sir, oh. who would you quit the game for? And we're going to do a 90s R&B diva edition hmm. of I'd Quit the Game. So with that said, and with <laughs> these two women, you could argue that they were in their prime back in the 90s, both <laughs> musically and... And visually, because my God, um, I love 
I loved R&B women. I still love R&B I still women. do. I still do. The, the, the ones from the 90s, I'd still quit the game for. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, some women, they, they look better in their 40s than they do in their 20s. So are they going to be, like, still doing their music? They don't like, have to be still doing the music now, but I'm just saying, like, like if they you, got the money, like, am I going to be, like, little sugar baby while they be the sugar mama or something I like mean, that? you like, could <laughs> if you want. I won't judge you for it. I'm just trying to help myself so when I make this decision, I, I, hear you know, you. I know that we set for life. Of course. She paying the bills, but, you know, I... I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah. With that said, are you willing to cross that bridge, so to speak, with 90s Mariah Carey or 90s Faith Evans? And they were both nice in the 90s. Oh, I know. I know. In a multitude <laughs> of ways. I am going to go with Faith. You're going to go with Faith? Yes. I have faith that you made a good decision. Yeah. Either way, there was no bad decision. You couldn't yeah. go wrong. Like, it's win oh. or win. Whew. Mar- Anyways. Mariah probably would have divorced me. I don't know. Hey, you never know. You never know. I mean, she she does have a bit of a diva complex. Yeah. Got asked the canon about that. <laughs> but the wild and out checks are doing him wonder, so who knows? Nonetheless, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I got my man. I get, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm, tired. I'm dying right now. I I got my man Randy Bell in studio right now. When we get back, we're going to get to trip talk. So three of the hot topics that took place in pop culture and hip hop and what have you, arguably the three most popular topics that took place in the in those respective categories. Um, so keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we will be back after these messages. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, GM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still got my man, R&B singer, Randy Bell, in studio. Say what's up. What up, what up? Yes, sir. Now, let's get to Trip Talk. I know you guys have been waiting for this, man, because I've been waiting for this. I'm just looking at the stories that we have for the week and everything. I'm like, man, I'm ready to talk about this. Uh, but nonetheless, this is Trip Talk. So three of the hottest topics that took place in hip-hop and pop culture as a whole. And with that said, let's get to it. So any one of these topics that I have lined up could be a main event topic. I don't even look at my final segment, and that in itself is a main event topic as well. But nonetheless, I will not keep you guys waiting any longer. Let's talk about this war of words happening between DJ Academics and Nicki Minaj. Now, <clears throat> DJ Academics is kind of playing the heel role, and he's been doing so for the last few years or so, mainly because people see him as like the troll of yeah. the hip-hop community and what have you, not necessarily being a journalist. He just kind of hovers in you know, his basement, so to speak, yeah. just kind of gossiping on what's happening on the inside when it comes to you know, hip-hop and their affairs. But more often than not, his sources are pretty reliable, you know yeah. what I mean, which is why he has the following that he has, which is why he's been featured on Complex for Everyday Struggle. I'm not sure if that show is still on, actually. I think it is. It still is? Yeah. Okay. I, th- I stopped watching after Button left, so, yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, he finds himself in a war of words with Nicki Minaj. And ironically enough, speaking of Everyday Struggle, she was featured on, was it the Joe Button podcast, I believe? Or they, what? they kind of because they, they, they did cross over yeah, between cross over, between both, both platforms, Queen Radio and Joe right. Budden podcast. Yeah. Okay, so I think it was on the Joe Budden podcast that she started talking about academics, and essentially she said some words about academics. I don't remember what she said, but anything that she said about him, we've probably already heard at this yeah. point. So academics lately has been going on the streak where he's just not going to take any bullshit anymore, yeah. basically, which yeah, has been, been crazy. It's been kind of entertaining <laughs> to be honest, and with Nicki Minaj. It was just as entertaining and somewhat informative as well. So he did preface by saying that what he said was alleged, but when you connect the dots, I'm not saying it's proven to be true, 
But it does leave you to wonder and speculate to, as to the validity of what has been said. Mm-hmm. So, with that said, he did state that um, she was somewhat of a catalyst behind the beef uh, between McMill and Drake through a myriad of scenarios. Mm-hmm. So, as we all know, they collaborated on a record called Rico, and Drake... Um, had a verse on there that was allegedly written by uh, Quentin Miller that we that we all yeah. know about, and one of the things that Drake said on the record uh, was a line stating that your dream girl is not a challenge, whereas the verse that Meek Mill spit, he said that Nicki Minaj is his dream girl. So Nicki was speculating or not speculating, she was more alluding to Drake sending him a subliminal shot on the record and was kind of filling his idea, his head with some ideas that, mm-hmm. oh, you're going to let him take that? You, you're going to make him take that? Like, you're not going to defend me? Basically, these are the words of DJ Academics saying this yeah. as part of the reason as to why they went into the beef. And another thing that led into it was an incident where they were going shopping and they were going to buy a whole bunch of things and Meek Mill was... a apparently supposed to pick up the tab, but he didn't have yeah. enough cash on him. Therefore, Nikki just said, okay, pay for this half or whatever the case may be. But then Meek Mill kind of got an ego about himself and decided to pay for everything that was on the counter anyway. And then Nicki Minaj basically just said, well, Drake wouldn't have done that. So it was just one of those situations where, you know, according to DJ Academics, that she could just kept on pestering and pestering and pestering mm-hmm. to the point where Meek Mill finally decided that he was going to snap and air out Drake because he had that influence that Nicki Minaj was putting over his head. Not to mention, there's also the rumors that Nicki and Drake had some sort of relationship, whether it was romantic or sexual. And Drake has often alluded in past records that he loves Nicki Minaj yeah. and how he would do X, Y, and Z with her. <laughs> I mean, he's even humped her booty live on stage before. Yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> you, yeah. you take with that what you will. So he's basically stating that that was the catalyst behind their, their issues. And now that Drake and Meek Mill are all buddy-buddy again, that's one of the main reasons why Nikki and Drake haven't had somewhat of any kind of relationship for that, for that time. So based on all of this and, and all of what academics is saying, um, Randy, what's your take on that? Like, <laughs> like what's fact, what's fiction? He is trying to get Where is the gray area in between? What, what's your take on this? What's fact? If it, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I am not friends with any of these people. I wish I was, but um, right. I don't know. It's a lot of it's a lot of craziness. Again, it's a lot of speculation, so it's hard to really have a opinion on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I mean, we gotta take it into consideration. Like the, the beef between them sparked up about what four years ago now. And, yeah. Yeah, four years ago. Yeah, it's like 2015. That, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, and I remember actually, it's funny because I'm thinking back to this now. When he put out, sorry, when Meek Mill put out the. Um, the, uh, the the tweets and what have you. Mm-hmm. I remember I was doing my show that night, but it literally happened maybe like an hour after I was done doing uh. my show. So like, <laughs> had it happened during that time, I could have had you know the breaking news, breaking news yeah. thing or whatever, right? And then when I got home, that's what I heard about. I'm like, yo, y'all could have done this like two hours before <laughs> I went to air. Like, this would have been perfect. Yeah. And then I think within that week, Drake dropped, charged up, and then back to back. And then the whole Funk Flex thing happened and what have you. Like, so mm. many things happened. It was right around Carabana time as well. I mean, yeah. just a cascade of things happened. It, it was good for me because, you know, as you know, the media guy, I get to talk yeah. about it, right? As a hip-hop fan, 
it was enter- it was it was very entertaining. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. Yeah. I know some of the older heads were like, oh, it ain't no Jay-Z and Nas. I was just like, so what? No one said it was. We're not looking for that. Yeah, we're not time, looking for right? that. Hell, if you want Jay, you know, Drake, you know, pulled a Jay and did the whole Summer Jam screen at OVO, right? So, yeah. and he did it with a bunch of memes, which is great. I loved it. <laughs> Anyways, as I digress, um, my take on this is, again, like you were saying, some of it could be fact. Some of it could be fiction. Yeah. It's very possible that could be fact based on how, you know, this transpired. Because really, it seemingly came out of nowhere that he was just shooting at the hip. Like, what the hell? Like, these guys yeah. were good. These guys were like Bati and Bench for the longest time. Why yeah. all of a sudden he's putting out all these tweets? What, just because he didn't tweet about his album? No, yeah. there has to be more to it. It was suspicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then academics got into the whole Quentin Miller thing and basically said how Nicki Minaj is partly responsible for the reason why Quentin Miller was jumped by uh, Meek Mill's Dream Chasers crew or affiliates mm. and what have you because he had said, said in a statement, like a handwritten letter, that he did not write um, the verse for Rico for Drake, basically. Yeah. But then, I guess, what's his name, the Dream Chaser goons or whatever told him, hey, say in this camera that you did, in fact, write that verse. And then he didn't do it, and then he got beat up for it. And then, like I was saying to you uh, off the air, I was saying, well, if he did, in fact, write that verse, why would he lie about it and get beat up in the process? He's like, he doesn't seem like the type of person that would just get beat up for somebody and not get yeah. compensated for it. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that he didn't write that verse for Drake. And I think that just leads into a whole cascade of arguments as to whether or not Drake has everyone writing his raps for him. I just think, yeah. I personally think that when it comes to his more pop-friendly records, yeah. sure, he'll collaborate with a bunch of songwriters. Mm-hmm. But if we're talking about like, 5, 5 p.m. in Calabasas or, like, 4 p.m. in Dallas or, like, 5 a.m. in Toronto. Like, those a.m., yeah, yeah. p.m. tracks in whatever city. Yeah. No. Drake is rapping. <laughs> like, yeah. that's all Drake. <laughs> like, Tuscan Leather, Pound Cake. Like, yeah, that's yeah. all Drake. No one can tell me that anyone is writing those raps for Drake because he raps in a different cadence. The delivery sounds completely different. It doesn't yeah. sound as structured and as formulaic as his pop records. Yeah. This one, he sh- he's rapping. like He sounds like comeback season Drake mm-hmm. whenever he does those records. So all the people who want to say, oh, all of his records are... No, stop. Like y- You even know it yourself. You know, like If you are an avid listener of music at the very yeah. least, then you can tell after listening to a myriad of records from somebody whether it's written by someone else or if it's written by the artist that's being reco- that's that's recording the vocals as well. But at the same time, I guess my question would be: Is it a bad thing when an artist has a writer because it's an age old thing that has been happening? It's not something that's mm-hmm. just birthed itself out of nowhere. Everyone's had everyone has writers or has help in some kind of way. So like, right. Um, for, I, I'm gonna say for the most part, no. Mm-hmm. I think when it comes to hip hop, I think there's this stigma that comes across it because, like, as a rapper, your strongest tool is your your, your pen, your your lyrical to ability. A degree, because even hip hop started off with having writers for other artists too. Right, right, and yeah. that's kind of like the un un under the table kind of thing that people don't really want to admit and, ra- and and what have you. Um, I would I I would I would say this. I would say this. Mm-hmm. Going back to Drake once again, yeah. um, if, if it's a thing where he's collaborating with, with other songwriters and those songwriters are properly credited for, yeah. and they're collaborating on maybe like a hook at the very least, mm-hmm. I'm cool with that because like not every yeah. not every rapper is going to be able to write their own hook. They yeah. may have to collaborate and bounce ideas off of people. I think 
you know, Kanye West is a big example of that. He's been un- unapologetic and very open about yeah, how when it came to the creation of College Dropout, he had so many people writing for him. He had Most Def who wrote for him. He had Freeway mm-hmm. who wrote for him. He had Rhyme Fest. He had Consequence. Yeah. Um, he even gave writing credits to, to people who were helping out in the studio just yeah. so they got credit. You know what I mean? But I guess... Be- album. Exactly. It's favorite. a classic. Yeah. It's a classic. Uh, but I guess because when it comes to Kanye, he started off as a producer. You know what yeah. I mean? So he doesn't get the same stigma because Drake is yeah. a rapper and by far the most popular rapper of this yeah. decade. And not to mention just petty things as the reason why as the reasons why people don't like Drake. Mm-hmm. The the goalpost gets moved for him very often. I've said this on many yeah. occasions. I still believe that to this day. Because you've had so like you've had some of your most storied artists in hip hop history have had writers from Snoop Dogg has mm-hmm. had writers from despite the fact that he created classics like like Doggy yeah. Style for example. You've had Jay Z who's had writers for him on different records. Like even yeah. the Kid Famous wrote for him on American Gangster, and he's a Toronto cat. Yeah. You've had um, oh man, who else has been written for? I can't remember off the top of my head who else has had people write for them. But as far as some of your producer turned rappers, like Diddy's had a gang of writers, of course. Doctor Dr. Dre. Dre, of course. Yeah. I mean him and and uh, what's the name? Ice Cube wrote for Easy E, and Easy E yeah. is considered to be the godfather of gangster rap and what have yeah. you. You've had Jermaine Dupri had people write for him. You've had so many people in yeah. hip hop. Write for other people. So why is it an issue when Drake has writers, confirmed writers mm-hmm. at that, you know. Because ha- he's too big and he's from Canada. That's why. Yeah. It, it. I, <laughs> yeah it's partly because of that. Yeah. Like, I'm not even being a conspiracy theorist when I say that. I just feel like the goalpost moves from way too often. You know what I mean? It's like, if Jay-Z does it, there's a reason yeah. for it. But if Drake does it, oh, I'll cancel him or whatever. Like, no, I'll get over is, it. It moves, but he's still able to pass it. Exactly. He still shows that. He is great at what he does. Exactly. But even then, people will still say, oh, it's going to go against his legacy. It's not going to go against his legacy. Like, he's had so much of an influence on hip-hop and pop culture Yeah, that it won't count against him. Like, at that point, like, if, if we... If we, for whatever reason, insert him into the top 10, then it's going to get nitpicky as far as who was the better lyricist or who delivered the raps better mm-hmm. and what have you. And most likely it will get to that because it gets to that yeah. point in any category, whether it's music, sports, acting, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. So it is what it is at that point. But um, bringing it back to academics and Nicki Minaj, man, uh, with academics, he looks like he's headhunting, man. Like yeah. he's He looks like the kid <laughs> who got picked on so much. He's like, nope, I'm not taking it anymore. Good yeah. day, sir. So... Who knows? We'll see what happens with this. But I'm very um, intrigued to see how this progresses going forward. What about yeah. you? It's entertaining. It it's, is. It's informative. And, yeah, I guess it's just best to see what else happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But for those of you listening at home right now or listening later on during the podcast, what do you guys think? Um, should academics be, t- be taking shots at Nick Minaj and other people who have come from in the past? What do you think about the songwriting allegations between Drake and what have you? Do you think Meek Mill was kind of being a bit of a pawn during that whole entire ordeal? Either way, let me know what your thoughts are. Hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Uh, let's talk about Takashi 6 9 and this <laughs> trial that he's going through. I haven't seen a trial for a celebrity get this much attention probably since either R. Kelly or O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Maybe even Michael Jackson. Yeah. But nonetheless, a lot of people are tuning in. A lot of people are, are listening to the audio. I didn't even know the audio was available. Somebody told I me there was... Know. Yeah, like, one of my friends who's also recording ours <laughs> was tweeting about I'm like, dude, <laughs> yo, send me the audio. I'm the one doing the show tonight. <laughs> but um, basically, he is testifying, and he is singing like a canary, apparently, because yeah. he is... 
He, like you want to talk about spilling the tea? He is dousing the entire kitchen top with Earl Grey and chai <laughs> and mint and peppermint and whatever yeah. flavor that you love. Because he is telling on everyone. He is yeah. telling on more people than Randall from Recess. Yeah. He is just being Mr. Tattletail Hip Hop. And me, I don't really care. Like, because I'm not a gangster. I'm not from the streets. So if you want to tell to save your own ass, do what you got to do. I don't give a damn. But a lot of people are just coming after this guy, like on social media, what have yeah. you. So apparently, the details or some of the details at the very least is that he has reve- he revealed in court that um, he was willing to cooperate with with, the, with, the, with federal investigators the minute he got arrested. He's also stating that you know the uh, his kidnapping was staged by members of that trade nine gang or nine trade gang that he's a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has also stated that they were planning assassination assassination attempts on Trippy Red and another rapper from this decade i don't i can't remember who but one of the littles and druggy rappers and you know tattoos on the face type of rappers whatever um and then he also stated that jim jones and cardi b were allegedly members of the nine trey bloods gang and how jim jones is a retired rapper or or retired gang member whatever the case may be so yeah he is doing the absolute most in order to (laughs) shave down however much time what was granted to him so um yeah, Randy, what's your take on this, man? <laughs> oh, man. Um, my biggest thing is I was talking to my boy about this the other day, and I was just kind of like, I'm not really surprised mm-hmm. because he's not a kid who was born in that life or really a kid who was about that life. Like, he didn't get jumped into the gang. He didn't get... He didn't get treated like that. He was mm-hmm. essentially an employee for them. And right. they I feel like he potentially just brought they potentially brought him in too deep right. and letting him know too much. Mm-hmm. Poten- potentially, because we don't know how much he actually knows what he's lying right. about or whatever. Well, I'm sure he'll let us know eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it it shouldn't be that big of a surprise. Everyone knew where everyone already knew where he was gonna go mm-hmm. with all the antics he was pulling. And for him to just basically sing sing better or louder than R. Kelly could. Right. Like, are we really surprised? I'm definitely not surprised, yeah. man. I mean... I was surprised when I heard Jim Jones. I'm like, wait, where did, where did Jim Jones yeah, come to? Like, is <laughs> like, Jim putting out an album? Like, yeah. Like, for him to mention Jim Jones, I'm like, damn, okay. Yeah, okay, that's random. <laughs> I didn't need to know that, but okay, I'm glad I do now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, no I'm with you on that, man. Mm-hmm. I'm more curious to see the, the aftermath of this. Like, let's say he does get some time reduced or he doesn't get time at all. I wait, mean, that would be shocking. But yeah, right? <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. Like where yeah. where does he go from this? Like He's does he have enough credibility in the music industry to at least work with other artists? Like not in be, the slightest. Not in the slightest, eh? I don't think so. I think he'd be put under witness protection, potentially. Right. Because I'm like, you're okay, you put up the you put out the nine tray blood gang. Mm-hmm. And then after, and now you're starting to mention more and more and more people. Right. And especially being in hip hop, like, who's going to really support you in hip hop after you've, like, done out of the whole industry? But <laughs> true, true. That's a fair point. Yeah. We, we break it down like that. That's a fair point. But yeah. I always say this about hip hop, man. I always say this about hip hop. All is forgiven if you put out a hit. That's all you need to do. Literally, if you put out a hit, People are quick to forgive. They may not forget, but they're like, oh, it bumps in the whip. I'm good. This has got to be like the biggest hit ever. Like what people (laughs) thought detox was going to (laughs) be. Hey, man, you never know. It could potentially happen. Because you got to think about, like, I'm thinking about 
every not every single case, but some of the more high profile things mm-hmm. that have happened to certain artists with it within rap. You look at Lil Wayne back in two thousand and seven yeah. when a picture surfaced of him kissing baby on the lips. Yeah. Never got to him saying, "Oh, Lil Wayne's gay." Lil Wayne's gay. A year later, he drops to Carter three. The rest is history. You know what I mean? But that's so different. He's not snitching. Like, he didn't kiss Birdman and then go to the cops and be like, hey, you know about this person right here? I, I <laughs> and, and Don't get me wrong. I get yeah. it. But we know how homophobic uh, that yeah. hip-hop has been, right? And like to be- It's been slowly softening up, though. It, it's yeah. been softening up to its credit, to its credit. Yeah, but back in 2007, to be gay in hip-hop would be the equivalent of being a snitch, though. So it's just like, that's how some people yeah. will interpret it as, yeah, right? Yeah. So like for him- to put out the biggest album of his career to date mm-hmm. and to amass all that popularity, it just shows that people are just quick to brush things under the rug. I mean, you look at Rick Ross and what he said about putting on Molly in a girl's drink, you know, without her even knowing it. Yeah, that was messed up. Yeah, I mean, he got <laughs> dropped from Reebok and all that stuff. And, yeah. like, he almost got canceled before cancel culture was a thing. Mm-hmm. But he still rebounded from it. I mean, I was just talking yeah. about how he had the number one album in the, in the hip-hop and R&B charts. So yeah. it's like people – We'll rock with you as long as you have a hit. Like, no one really cares, man. Like, they'll, they'll say cancel you one day, but then the next day, if you come up with a hit, people are going to rock to it. So I feel like if this guy comes out with a hit, then, you know, you'll, ha- you'll at least have, like a, like, a core fan base that will follow you. Now, with that said, however, I feel as though if he comes out of this scot-free, he should take a break from music. Like, just take a year off or something like that. Get into exile Re- recollect your thoughts. I don't know what he's going to do during that time span, but I think yeah. he just needs to take a break. To be honest, the only thing I'll say to just kind of rebuttal your, your statement is more with all those guys was one concentrated situation where it's like, okay, Lil Wayne kissed Birdman, so you only kissed one person. He didn't kiss a whole bunch of dudes. Right. So whereas uh, Takashi went and said Nine Trey, which if I feel like if he just did the Just the Gang, mm-hmm. Then yeah, he could come back. But right. you went and named the gang, Trippy Red, mm-hmm. Cardi B, uh, everybody, mm-hmm. and who knows who else he might go. So that's right. where I'm like, there's multiple things that he's doing. So it's kind of right. like, I don't know if you'll be safe right. in the streets. I would say, and yeah. those are very good points. Those are so, valid points. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not even going to dispute that. Yeah. I feel like I feel like he may get the the blackball treatment if yes, he snitches sure. on somebody who is of the utmost importance or or even name drops somebody of the utmost importance. Yeah. Like I don't know if Jim Jones is that person. Maybe Cardi B could be that person. But let's yeah. say hypothetically speaking, if he name dropped Jay Z in this whole ordeal, <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> it's it, over. It, pack it up. <laughs> it's like LeBron James against the Toronto Raptors in yeah. 2018. It's over. You know what yeah. I mean? So I think that would have to be the scenario put in place. If that yeah. were the case, but you still bring up valid points, though, yeah. because it's a mo- it's a string of people and what yeah. have you. So who knows what the fallout could look like? Yeah. I, but I would say if he were to do music, maybe not with like your more established artists, but maybe if you're at least mm-hmm. to, to do music with like either just on his own or maybe with more up and coming artists who are like a little bit on the cup up here and there. It could it still might potentially be able to work for him to some capacity. He may not yeah. be on the level that he was before. Yeah, no, he's he's but, drop like everything. Like yeah, the whole gang persona's got to die now. It, 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 it has <laughs> yeah. to. It has to. Like yeah. I thought, I me personally, mm-hmm. and maybe that's it goes into my own bias against this particular person. But when Meek Mill was going on trial for you know probation hearings and violating his parole yeah. and all that stuff, and him crying in the courtroom and all that stuff, I thought his credibility was going to be done. Yeah. But then he came back. He came back with that that dream. 
Chasers album or whatever that album was called. Yeah. And people were like, oh my God, it's the best album of the year. It's the best album. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh shit, okay, well, this guy <laughs> still has a career, even though he was crying in court about not wanting to go to jail mm-hmm. and how he's not really against it. It's just music, it's just his art. And I'm thinking, Hold on, so y'all forgave him despite the fact that he <laughs> he ripped up his own G card in there? So I'm yeah. thinking if that could happen to Meek Mill and he could still propel himself back from it, mind you, he had Jay-Z in his corner, yeah. so that's a huge <laughs> caveat. Then yeah. what's to say that Takashi 69 won't get at least some sort of redemption out of this? Not to that level of Meek yeah, Mill, because yeah, Meek Mill had Jay in his corner because yeah. he's managed by Rock Nation. Yeah. But what's to say that Takashi won't, you know, escape out of this with some sort of leverage to bank on, just a little bit at the very least. I personally just don't think it's going to happen, but right. I could be wrong. There's a lot of artists who've had mess-ups, and I thought they wasn't going to come back, and mm-hmm. they came back strong. So maybe. Right. I'm, but I'm pretty much in a place where I'm like, I don't think he's coming back. Right. right. And, and that's we'll fair. <laughs> that's fair. I just find hip-hop to be a very forgiving yeah. genre of music and a very forgiving culture altogether yeah. and i'm just going by history and we all know about history it often repeats itself right oh yeah so if we free if we forgave you know rick ross for wanting to slip a molly in someone's drink if we forgave Lil wayne for <laughs> kissing baby on the lips if we forgave meek mill for crying in court and talking about how he's not really a gangster yet you know mm-hmm. he comes back out later on and be like oh, i'm out in the streets yeah. then it's just like who's to say the same thing won't happen to kakashi like either way i'm just curious to see what's gonna happen yeah. so but it's interesting stuff, though. We'll, we'll, we'll see how it all you know unfolds. Out, yeah. Exactly. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen listening at home, how do you think this is all going to unfold? Uh, hit me up on social media at cool, Re- cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Now, the final talk for Trip Talk, and or final topic, rather, this one I really want to go into. <laughs> like, forget <laughs> Academics versus Nicki Minaj. Forget Takashi 69 I really want to get into <laughs> this one. Oh, man. The Prime Minister of Canada, <laughs> Justin Trudeau, has found himself in quite the mess, so to speak. Yeah. Pictures of him from 2001 surfaced where he was dressed in brown face at some sort of South Asian-themed party of some sorts. Or no, no, I believe it was called Arabian Nights or something to that extent at a school that he once taught at back in 2001, a private institution, I believe. Mm -hmm. So these pictures surface of him in deep, deep brown face. like almost look like blackface to me, in my opinion. Um, He was wearing a turban of some sort in some South Asian garb. And I'm not sure who leaked the photo exactly, but... It caught a lot of flack. And as soon as his picture came out, he immediately apologized, you know, obviously, and what have you. But it's now, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's now more than apparent that the conservative party is trying to use this as leverage as to why people shouldn't reelect him into office for the next foreseeable future and what have you. Um, I can get into the hypocrisy of that. But uh, what I want to know from you, uh, uh, Randy, is um, what, what what was your initial reaction upon seeing these photos? You done messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It was, it was interesting to see that. Am I surprised? Mm-hmm. Eh. You know, you, you've, you live life, you live life as a black person. And yeah. 
nothing like, surprises you anymore. Yeah, Maybe was, the way someone exudes their racism may surprise you from time to time. Of course. Like, in terms of how yeah, creative yeah. it could potentially be. But yeah. just the initial activists, like, yeah, same shit, different toilet. It was, it was quite hilarious for the fact that he did it. He apologized. Mm-hmm. One of the reporters asked, is there anything else you would like to, you know, just put on the table before anything comes out? He's like, no, yeah. that's all I'd like to talk about. That's all I'd like to talk about. And what? I don't even know if it was the next day or the same day someone released another picture. Mm. So it was just like you should have just said everything. I vaguely laid it out. I vaguely saw the other photo. Um, Here's what I want to know. I only saw – well, first of all, I only saw the photo Mm. where him and the deep brown face were the two other ladies. Um, But here's what I want to know. A, who had these photos? And B, why weren't these photos released earlier like i see it's very opportune and convenient for them to be released right around election season of course how come this wasn't really never mind during his term yeah why wasn't this released during his f- first, first campaign yeah. you know what i mean that's what i want to know maybe they thought that they didn't have a chance to stand up against him because of how progressive he was and how mm-hmm. hip he was he's kind of like he kind of had an, an obama-esque presence to him yeah. for for canadian standards so they yeah. figured okay you know what He's going to win this one. We have no chance of this. Let's save this one in the chamber yeah. for when the time's right. I think it was. it's one of those things where, okay, you made a bunch of promises. We're mm. going to see if you keep on your promises. You know, we got le- weed legalized and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then after, it's kind of like you're not really keeping up on other stuff or finding other things out. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those games where if you keep messing around, all right, we're going to leak some more stuff on you. Right. And, and that's essentially... Yeah. Potentially, what could have happened? Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, I say this. I say this. Two things. Two things. I'm just mm-hmm, kind of yeah. pontificating right now because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot that to, yeah, to unpack with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find it very okay. Here, okay. Here's what I really want to break down first and foremost. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sure there's going to be a bevy of people if they haven't already done so now are going to say cancel Justin Trudeau. Of course. Cancel cancel Trudeau, cancel Trudeau, not my prime minister, not my PM, et cetera, et cetera. You're just as bad as Trump, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if I heard that shit. Yeah. Here's the thing with all the cancel culture enthusiasts. It's only, to me, it's only applicable to cancel somebody if they are still consistent with their rhetoric and their behavior. So, for example, R. Kelly... I justify that. Cancel R. Kelly because it's still consistent for what he's been doing yeah. over the last few years with young girls and what have you. Still consistent. But is he getting canceled though? Like he's going like he's potentially going to jail, but his music got like his music spiked as soon as the whole council that's true. Kind of went around. That's true. So, right. I'm not in support of like anything he's doing. I want right. to make sure that's clear to everybody. Right, right, right. Yeah. Of course, of course. But the cancel culture to me is just like this thing where it's like, yeah, we're trying every time you hear he- this person's canceled, it's like yeah. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. But to all those people who are enthusiasts of cancel culture, mm-hmm. I would say this. To me, I think overall it's dumb and problematic for the most part because yeah. of the fact that people don't really know how to use the, the canceling technique, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what I say is this. You only cancel somebody if their rhetoric continues to be appalling. Like Donald Trump, of course, you want to cancel that, for example. Yeah. But Straight. if you are trying to cancel somebody who did something bad – X amount of years ago, but they haven't shown any activity of that same behavior since then, then why are we canceling them? Why aren't we giving them a chance for redemption? 
You know what I mean? It kind of yeah. goes back to the whole Kevin Hart situation mm-hmm. where he said, he said, uh, his joke. His from, joke. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. He said his joke uh, during stand up, but since then, he hasn't really said anything derogatory towards that, yeah. towards that particular community. But yet, you want to cancel him for something that he did 10 years ago, or you want him to apologize or be reprimanded for something that he did 10 years ago. That doesn't make any sense. Same thing with James yeah. Gunn, the director for Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, yeah. when Disney fired him for a tweet that, that got unearthed from, again, 10 years ago. Yeah. And you fired him, you saw the backlash that came with it, and you decided to rehire him. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, he's directing another film that's going to take a long time for before he, he can get started on the one that you wanted to do. So now you got to work on his time. Yeah. However, it didn't have to come to that if you were just reasonable. And now the same thing with this scenario. This was taken 18 years ago. Yeah. Since then, not only has he not said that rhetoric, but it's been the exact opposite. He's actually advocated for the people that he lampooned, you know, Mm -hmm. ignorantly back in the day. He he has celebrated the the, the South Asian culture in the GTA and in Canada in general. He Mm -hmm. actually celebrates the the holidays that come with certain uh, people groups from the South Asian community as well, whether whether, whether it's Eid or or anything of that sort. So he's done his – I mean, his cabinet is full of people – from different different people groups yeah. all across the world, right? He's he has people from the Sikh community, he has people from the Muslim community in, mm-hmm. in, in his cabinet. It's the most culturally diverse cabinet I've ever seen from a North American cabinet, basically. Yeah. So he has done his part to try and make amends for the mistake that he made. So with that being said, for all the people who are on that cancel bandwagon, mm-hmm. I think we need to hop off of it. You don't have to vote for the man. That's yeah. fine. That's your choice. But to condemn him for something that he did 18 years ago, ignorant, yes, but he has shown growth and progression since then. Yeah. With that said, I don't think that people who were once liberal because of Justin Trudeau should now be conservative because of Trudeau. Because yeah. if you think that this is bad, the conservative party don't give a damn about you. They don't give a damn about people who don't look like you. The, the the thing that people say it, that that annoys me is like oh well at least the conservatives are real they'll say stuff to your face <laughs> yeah but they'll say stuff to your face that doesn't benefit you yeah so what's the point what's the like oh keeping it real I'm sorry Dave Chappelle once said this when keeping it real goes wrong and if you vote for the opposite party then reality will be wrong for you for a very long time four years yeah. worth I mean us in Ontario we gotta suffer through through what's his face through uh, Doug Ford yeah. we're gonna have a lot of fun with that so yeah. do you really want this this sheer person to be running the country for you for the next what four or five years I, I don't want it so again if you don't want to vote for the Liberal Party because of what you've seen in, in the papers as of recent cool if you don't want to vote for so yeah because based on that if you don't want to vote for him cool but don't vote for a party who is the complete opposite of your ideals. I get it. You may not like the leader of your current party, yeah. but that doesn't mean that you should hop on over to the other side because it's literally going from one extreme to the other. It's like learning how to shoot right hand all your life and going to the left hand out of nowhere. Like You can't do it. At least take this as an opportunity to see if the politics of your current party doesn't align with you, that being the liberal party. See what the NDP and what the Green Party have to offer at the very least. And then make an informed decision. But don't just jump on the bandwagon of the conservative party just because they're most likely the ones who leaked the photo. No, don't fall for the sensationalism and the okie doke. Like, actually vote for whomever you think is going to be the right candidate that will that you see leading the country for the next foreseeable future. That's what it should come down to. Yeah. Everyone likes to move off emotion. Yeah, it, it's yeah. like... I get it. It's it's a hot button topic, like yeah. race and whatever. And it's very ironic coming from Trudeau of all people to be to have done something like that. Yeah. 
but don't use that as a way to justify and voting for the opposite party because they don't have your 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 goals set in mind. I feel like, and me, I'm kind of like I'm kind of like I don't know. I guess you could consider a moderate or whatever. Like I know I wouldn't vote for a conservative. I know liberal is kind of like kind of where I lean to. And NDP, I'm very open yeah. as far as what ideas they have because they seem to be the most progressive in yeah. terms of uh, cultural diversity and what have you. Um, see what they're all about because they are at one point in time part of the liberal party, but decided yeah. to break away from that party because they saw they 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 were they're futurists. They they yeah. wanted to look more towards the future and what have you. And then Green Party, I kind of feel bad for them because their initiative is very <laughs> important, but people aren't going to really take that into consideration until the Earth. Is on the verge of be becoming a mud ball, essentially, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say this would be the perfect opportunity for the NDP to take action. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't try and create a smear campaign for 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 Trudeau. Just focus on the policies that you guys have been preaching for the last almost, I want to say, eight years in particular with Jack Layton and what yeah. have you. God rest his soul. Yeah. But now. I think they have they have they've had so much momentum since you know he was running and what have you, and I feel like they're just getting closer and closer. And I feel like now is the opportunity to kind of strike, basically. Uh, but yeah, what, what what do you think about what people should do in in this scenario now? Now that certain things have been presented to them, honestly, it's just it's really that whole situation of everyone needs to stop um, moving on emotion mm -hmm. because the main thing is everyone will make the decision to just jump from liberal to conservative off based off emotion rather than logic. Yes, everyone has a past. I won't really say to uh, jump to any conclusions yet because, again, yes, he's he's uh, evolved from that point. At the same time, we don't know if he has anything else that may come up that might be in the recent years. So right. that's where I won't really jump to. I won't jump to defend, but at the same time, I'm not going to jump to just kind of execute. Right. It's more just... You just want to lay in the cut yeah. and see what happens, I guess. Yeah, like, you know, of course, feel your way. It's mm -hmm. offensive. It's stupid that what right. he did. But at the same time, take a step back and now just start looking at everyone, looking at the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. Like, use your logic rather than just your emotions on it. Right. Leave the emotions to me. That's Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> if you think, you know, if you're shocked that, yeah. you know, Trudeau, of all people, is capable of something like that, yeah. him being a liberal... What do you think the conservatives are up to? I mean, yeah. they are unapologetic about what they do with their with yeah. their private institution, <laughs> frat boy toga schools, where they just dress up in blackface because they feel like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, if, trust me, man. It's, <laughs> just dance with the devil that you know, basically. That's yeah. what it comes down to. You know what I mean? So, that's, that's my scoop on it. But, ladies and gentlemen listening at home, what do you guys think? Uh, either way, hit me up on Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Do you feel as though... Trudeau should be canceled. Should he not be canceled? Where does your vote swing? Does your vote get impacted because of this? Again, let me know. And with that said, before we be, uh, bring this show to a conclusion, it is time for the final segment that you all know and love. So with that being said, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame tonight? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to recently unemployed NFL player Antonio Brown. Mm. Now, this man is getting the Wankster of the Week because he got himself fired by the New Orleans, sorry, by the New England Patriots just a week after he got signed by them. And this was followed by a string of controversial uh, events that he was the coordinator of, so to speak. So, 
he was on a guaranteed $30 million contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers. But then he decided that he was feeling himself a little bit and decided to uh, take liberties, so to speak. So he decided to complain about how his helmet is too small or how he's not getting paid enough or how he does not want to report into training camp until he renegotiates his contract. Now, I'm all about player movement and player empowerment. If you feel as though what is being done to you is unjust or as though you feel that you want to take destiny into your own hands rather than the owners doing so, like what NBA players are doing, and I respect it. I respect the hell of it. Even if those choices don't align with how I see fit, like, for example, Kawhi Leonard choosing Lakers, or sorry, the, the Clippers over the Raptors, yeah. hey, it's his choice. He's a free agent. He brought a ring to the city. Mm-hmm. Can't complain. En- enjoy your career in L.A. Enjoy your life in L.A. as well. Exactly. But with Antonio Brown, $30 million in the NFL is like getting paid $100 million in the NBA, man. When you have a guaranteed contract in the NFL, that's a lottery ticket. You take that and you cash that straight to the bank. But what does this guy do? He complains. He tries to hold the organization hostage. And with that, he he gets himself fired from 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 the Steelers. And then literally immediately, I think within that day that he got fired, or within 24 hours at the very least, he was signed by the new or why I keep saying New Orleans, by the New England Patriots. And it's just like, really? So you had this in the cards the whole time. It seems like it. Mm-hmm. But then literally a week later, he gets fired. Why? Why, you ask? Because of sexual assault allegations and text messages that are very uh, compromising, if you will. So because of the fact that this man couldn't keep his extracurricular affairs in order, he lost out on money. Now, I don't know if that contract of $30 million is still in play because when you get fired from a team, technically you are still owed that money. So depending on how that contract is structured, he may get all that money. He may get some of it. He may get none of it. Who knows? But either way, even if he does get his money, you just messed up a good opportunity to play in the NFL. You got guys, I mean, not even guys, it's just one person. You got someone like Colin Kaepernick who is being blackballed, and that's not a conspiracy. Like, the man is literally being blackballed because of the fact that he brought his own form of politics into the league, and people want to say, well, I don't want my politics in sports, even though standing up for the national anthem and showing it on television is, in fact, politics. It just doesn't allow with your politics. Still doesn't have a job in, in the NFL, but then this doofus is was guaranteed $30 million to play in the league and decided that he wanted to be the Le- LeBron James of his destiny, but it didn't pan out that way. The fact that he did all that and ran a circus amongst training camp or what have you just leaves me to believe that some people don't really value what they have until it's gone. And he is going to realize that sooner, quick, stead, and fast, and in a hurry, especially if there's any validity to these sexual assault allegations that he's facing. So he may be losing out on $30 million, but he may be losing out on more money than that as well. And on top of that, if he is anyhow charged and found guilty of said charges, he will be losing his freedom as well to go with that. So with that being said, Mr. Antonio Brown, you are getting the wankster of the week. Do you deserve this? Of course you do. And we're going to drop it one more time just like this. Um, Randy, your, 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 your thoughts on that real quick. <laughs> My thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> if you have any. <laughs> it, it's pretty damn straightforward. You done messed up. Yep. <laughs> you, you done messed up everything. 
Yeah, he messed yeah. up his, his money, his career, potentially yeah. his life now. So yeah. we'll see how this unfolds. But um, nonetheless, that brings it that brings us to a conclusion. Um, Randy, thank yep. you for coming through. Thank you for having um, me. You're more than welcome to come through anytime. You are now an official member of the Cool Radio family. Right, so dope. if you got some new music to drop, come by. We'll play that. Or if you just want to kick in, just you know, shoot the breeze, you can do that as well. Um, but nonetheless, where can the people find you on social media? You can pretty much find me on like everything at Randy Bell Music. Mm-hmm. That's Twitter, Instagram, whatever the case may be. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Yeah, right, right. That's Randy Bell up. Music, RandyBellMusic.com as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And uh, do you have any new projects coming up in, in in the future? Working on some stuff. Okay, we're working on some stuff. So if you guys just follow me on any of those social media, sign up for the email list and all that kind of stuff, you'll be kept kept up to date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right, then. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back on the air next week. We may have a special guest in store for you guys, so I'll keep you guys posted on that. And uh, to hear more of you know Randy's music, make sure you go follow him at his socials, as he just stated. And for the people who will be listening, who are, or who are listening onto the podcast, we are going to play his record at the end of the podcast. So, with that being said. Um, it's been your man DM Cool, and this has been another edition of Cool Radio. And as you already know, you can follow follow us on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Storm, just one call of my name Cause I'm the only one that can work you Only one allowed inside you Only one that can touch your soul And there can never be one time or one note We always make a symphony A song for everyone to hear It's clear when we make love louder than the rain storm, harder than the rain drops hit the rooftops. They'll know what we have is Nothing but time